When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A thousand comments. Well, the podcast can begin when you make the, the secret noise. Okay. This week, disappointment at Motherwell as Scott Brown leaves Cedric Dunham like a key prey. Plus, we open the floor to listener comments and questions. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tips. Hello and welcome to episode 131 of 20 Minute Tips. (laughs) On board this week are Melly. Hello. Stephen. Hello there. And myself, Jamie, very much the third wheel of this podcast. <laughs> um, that was boring. The old well game, it sure was. Uh, a crushing disappointment. So boring and disappointing was it, Stephen, that it's derailed this week's podcast. It has a bit. Um, yeah. Something else, something slightly different this week yeah. because we were we were forced into it. Uh, we've, we've invited comments, questions, concerns, a lot yeah. from the listeners. It's both a good way to boost the, the content and also a way of us being able to pass the buck because if this comes over as really really negative then we blame yeah, the listeners yeah because it's the listeners yeah. that are moaning Melly. we've done a fair share of moaning in the last couple of weeks oh yeah it just seems like one good week on one good week off moan negative <laughs> yeah um, so we've opened up the floor that's what we've done this yes. week we've invited listener comments as you said Stephen and moans as you said Stephen because we're not carrying the dairy for this performance no all on our own um, the first one is Ross G um, is Sinclair a one trick pony or is he just shy of confidence is it time for Musonda to get a run in the team? Don't know if you follow Tam McManus on Twitter. Melly mm-hmm. <laughs> had a wee chuckle. He obviously knows what's coming. <laughs> Just quickly on Musonda. Musonda, looking like a massive waste of money already, according to Tam McManus. He, uh, Brendan obviously doesn't trust him. Type tweet. What uh, do you make of that before we go into the listener questions? Steaming hot takes, as always, from oh, Tam. Tambo. A, a spicy, spicy, spicy hot takes from <laughs> Tam McManus. Do you think the people that pay him to write that Herald <laughs> column think he's a massive waste of money. No, because he, he somehow manages to gain traction with this nonsense he has. All the time, with. but he's, he's just off the back of another super a spicy, spicy meatball of a hot take <laughs> saying that uh, Encham is, is not at McGinn levels oh, yet. Jesus, I forgot about that one. Um, another highlight. Another highlight. So, according to Ross Melly, is Sinclair a one trick pony? He's just shy of confidence. I think we can agree. Scott Sinclair's levels are down from last season. But so is the rest of the team. There's nobody bar Scott Brown maybe that's even got close to the heights of last season. Scott Sinclair, as we spoke about before, he needs the creativity of Rogic, maybe Roberts on the other side, creating chances for him. With the team right now, none of the attackers are really creating anything for themselves or for others. So he needs chances and he's not getting them right now. Stephen, you know, is it a case of Players just know what Scott Sinclair's going to do. Now, yesterday, yesterday, hmm, last season, he's up against them, he's hitting them with the pace and he's cutting inside it. Now they kind of know. And more often than not, Scott Sinclair gets doubled up on now. Yeah. Now, that that's not something you can't overcome, but you don't want to... People are making sure they're not left one-on-one with him anymore. Yeah, and um, my, my concern with Scott Sinclair, just talking about him being predictable now, is that... This has happened to him before. We we thought that this was it when he signed for Celtic. This is the the club he, he belongs at, and he's going to he's going to just carry on from now. It's not so long ago we were talking about a guy getting an England call up. Yes, it's only months ago. My my worry is that it's happening to him now. What happens at every club he's ever at? If you ask Aston Villa fans about him, they basically just think he's gutless. And I know that's different. Aston Villa is a, a big prestigious club with with great history and all that. And it's no, it isn't. A, well, <laughs> well, you want to European <laughs> Cup, but. Um, 
the difference is that they're completely different expectations now. They they defend an awful lot and they're, they're stuck in that championship. Whereas coming to Celtic sort of freed him up to, mm. to express himself a wee bit more. But he's retreated in his shell now this season. And I don't I don't know what's going to get him out of it. We're going to use these questions to try and dip into the Motherwell a wee bit, the Motherwell game a wee bit. Um, and the reason I bet a lot of people are going to want to talk about Sinclair is because he came on and missed that chance yes. at the end. I mean, he should have buried that. He should have scored it. No or question about that. it. Yeah, or squared it. But on the squaring, I, it's easy to take a, a still of that and say, right, draw an arrow between Scott Sinclair and whoever was free. Which is exactly right. what somebody yeah. done. <laughs> but that, that's unfair. He's, he's moving at pace. And it was the, the type of thing I spoke about last in the last couple of episodes where he used to do that quite a lot, just bust through one-on-one with the keeper and stick in the bottom corner. In that situation, moving at that speed, one-on-one with the keeper, he's going to shoot. He's not going to square that, and not many people would. But the the confidence thing, he took an extra touch. He took an extra touch, mm. which allowed that defender. The defender did well. I actually thought Scott Sinclair was okay when he came on. Yeah, in the game. Yeah. I thought he was fine. Um, but, uh, you know, Melly, you, you, you've charmed me. Yeah, um, <laughs> see if the whole team was performing well and Scott Sinclair was an outlier as someone who wasn't doing it, then I would say, yes, definitely his levels have fallen. But as you say, all the levels have come down. There's no high watermark anymore, really, so it's quite difficult to single single him out as, as a poor performer. However, the question was about Sinclair, and the answer is, I I think he's low on confidence. He probably is, but I think a lot of players are. Like, we've focused a lot this season on the defence. The defence is not the problem right now. We're keeping a lot of clean sheets by the, the game last week at Ibrox, but that was a one-off sort of thing. But we've kept a lot of clean sheets since we came back mm. in January, mm. from January. But the attack we was it five five times in nine we've not scored. Just last se- last season we scored in every game. People keep saying you can't keep comparing it to last season. Well again, these players are the same players. They were meant to have a better squad this season. We should be hitting better heights. We can't blame a lack of consistency in lineup for this one either, because it's almost exactly the same team that, that played yeah. against Rangers and the game before. It was one or two changes. I think it would have been Edward uh, didn't start against Rangers. And Henry, I think those were the only two changes made in this. And the only two players that weren't involved at all were Sinclair and Roberts, because Armstrong came off the bench in both in both games as well. So we are getting consistent lineups now. Because so that's a that's a common complaint this season is that we're not getting that. But we, for now we are. So so just in brief, it's not. I think there's a bit of both there. I think Sinclair is a one trick pony. Um, but people have sort of learned this season they're more familiar with what his trick is and him along with a lot of the rest of the team are probably down on confidence just on that there's, there's actually nothing wrong with being a one trick pony in football as long as you're really good at it I mean look at look at Arjen Robin yeah well exactly Arjen Robin everyone has known for 15 years what that guy does yeah. and he still can't can't be stopped and to an extent it was the same as Sinclair last season everyone knew he was going to cut inside and look to look to score but that it's, it's gone away now so there's nothing wrong with being a one-trick pony as such, but the, the confidence is undoubtedly down here. Roger Esk is his username. Um, he's down here as Paddy's asked, should Armstrong get a new deal? And he's also asked, should Misonda get a run in the game because he appeals to be the creative player we're crying out for. Should Armstrong get a new deal? Brendan Rogers, Mel, I don't know if you heard them midweek, was talking about Armstrong. He says, listen, we're perfectly relaxed about Armstrong. I'm not going to take it personally. There's a deal there. He knows what I'm capable of. If he wants to sign it, he can sign it. For me, if Armstrong doesn't want to sign a new deal, then I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. No, he sort of became one of those players that the longer he's out of the team, you start to think, are we missing him? Because he is different from Brown and Cham. Like Armstrong will get into the box, he'll make those runs, he'll take on the early shot, whereas Brown and Cham don't have that, so it creates more space. Armstrong, I'd like him to sign a new deal, of course. The more good players we have, if he can get back to the form he was in last season... But again, it's just another player back from injury, not on form. Musonda, it's kind of the exact same as Paddy Roberts when he first came. He was playing a lot of the development squad games and then everyone's like, why is this guy not playing? But there's obviously a reason. He's obviously not ready yet. So I think within the next coming weeks, we'll maybe see him or maybe it will take till after we get the semi-final out of the way. Hopefully the league will be near enough one then and then we can get introduce him we'll see the benefit next season we've been here before with Stuart Armstrong and he only signed a, a sort of short extension yeah. the last time he doesn't want to sign a new contract as as my perception anyway he may well be sort of playing hard to get a little bit but I don't think he wants to be here longer than his current no. his current deal I think he'll be he'll be off down to England somewhere 
um, probably this summer. So I don't think it's a case of should he get a new deal because I, I don't think he would sign one anyway. And no, to be honest, I, I wouldn't be that bothered if he I, went I'm anyway. Not lose I mean, it, Stuart Armstrong isn't a Celtic fan, so he's done the Celtic thing presumably in his mind. Hmm. He now wants to go on and earn lots and lots more money so he can do that down in England and that suits me and we can get someone in to replace him and that suits me as well On Musonda um, where he differs from Roberts is that he's he's a wee bit further on than Roberts was in his development when he came to Celtic he's a bit older he's played a lot more first team football he's a lot older than I thought and he looks yeah definitely he's 21 now I mean Roberts was what 18 Mm. or something when he signed for Celtic he's 21 he played a whole season in La Liga he's played a little bit of first team football for Chelsea so is he ready for Scottish football? Then I would suggest on paper he is, but maybe just a case of getting used to his teammates and I, so on. I was going to wait till another question comes up. I've not seen the question, but I'll bring this up now, now that we're sort of discussing the players that aren't playing. I'm starting to wonder what it what it takes to be dropped by Brendan Rodgers. Hmm. You look at Gamboa, nobody's really sure what he's done, yeah. but he's been dropped. He's, he's more or less out of Brendan Rodgers' plans. Comper's been signed. But you've got a player like Boyata, who's had a couple of stinkers, but but doesn't get dropped. He's more or less back in the team the minute he's fit. You've got Sinclair, who admittedly now he's dropped. But, you know, that took a long time when you had Musonda to provide creativity. Is it is, is Brendan Rodgers maybe got an issue with loyalty, mainly? Possibly, but managers trust players. He trusts these players. They've done everything he asked from last year. Absolutely everything mm-hmm. and beyond. So going into this season where we've been stop-start, there's not a lot of players playing well. You're going to go back to the guys you trust because you think they'll be able to do it. Even when we're not playing well right now, we're not losing a lot of games. We're still getting results. The performances aren't there. So he knows what he can get out of them when they're not performing well. Mm. Whereas if he just throws people in into a team that's not playing well, it doesn't really work. He can't just throw young guys in or people that haven't been playing well, playing at all throw them in and think they'll be the catalyst. The rest of the team needs to up the game and then you can bring in these guys. Good point. The Gamboa one is, is kind of strange. I don't know what he's done to be completely out of favour because as it stands with the Motherwell game, we're now playing without fullbacks. Yeah. With Callum McGregor and Jack Henry playing the fullback positions. And that game with a benefit to fullbacks in my Yeah, opinion. absolutely. And you know, Jack Henry's fine, but it, much like we said last week with Ayer, it's unfair to just put these guys in and then judge them on it. I mean, Jack Henry was was perfectly solid against Motherwell, but he's not going to provide the same kind of attacking combinations that Gamboa is. Gamboa, I mean, I've joked on here about how much I, I like the guy in in the past, but I, I don't see what he's done so wrong to to basically be completely frozen out. I know he he didn't look good against Bayern Munich and Barcelona, but let's face it, who, no, who did? Who did? Yeah. Uh, who did? Lee McAlani asks, and it's sort of on the Musonda theme still, which is handy. Um, thoughts on Roberts for next year? Well, before I ask that, what's your thoughts on Roberts for, for, for this year? Because personally, I'm, I'm really, really disappointed how the, 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 the part two of Paddy Roberts has worked out. Yeah, it's been unfortunate because it was all the, all the fanfare when he arrived. Yeah. You know, PR7 getting announced and all that. And I think they has had some brilliant performances. I know it's a long time and people... People move on quickly in football and, and forget things. He was he was instrumental in the the Anderlecht game, the only game we won in in the Champions League, and had some great performances in there here and there. But it has been a damp squid, yeah, damp squid, <laughs> damp squid for um, for Patrick Roberts. He looked okay when he came on against Motherwell. Unlucky that I hit the bar and I had him on. I had him on to score any time. Oh, yes, I did. I thought I'd be smart and pick a guy to come off the bench and score, but. Sadly, um, do we need him? I, I don't know. Um, I thought when Musonda came in, I thought, right, that's obvious that Patrick Roberts is gone now because yeah. we've got Musonda for next season. Don't see how the two of them fit into the team, but um, yeah, I would, I would have Patrick Roberts in the team all day long. Would you have him next year? Yeah, absolutely. And for the first time, the first time since Patrick Roberts has been here, which is a long time now, he started making noises about maybe wanting to stay. Mm. Before, he's always been fairly clear about how no, this, um. I'm here for, for experience, I'm going back to Man City, yada yada, but for the first time he's actually making some noises about how much he would like to stay, 10 in a row is a big, a big factor for that, and Man City fans are a wee bit upset with him now because he unfavourably compared their atmosphere to Celtic. So. I, I, honestly, I would I would love it if Paddy Roberts stayed, I, I think, Melly, me and you are in the same boat here, I think Paddy Roberts is a real talent, he's a great player, I'm, I am really dis, disappointed about it. Not disappointed in him, nothing he could do about it, but I'm disappointed no. in how this season's turned out. I just wanted more Paddy in my life. Yeah, everybody knows I love him. It's just, it's, it has been unfortunate, it's just circumstances with injuries. 
overall, Forrest has done well this season. Recently, he's not been great. And Roberts just has that bit of extra spark, that bit of creativity where he can create out of nothing. Hopefully now, that can be him back fully fit, get a run of games and get back into the team. But this might work out well for us. He's going to think, well, this season didn't go well. I'm not going to go back to Man City and get a game now. If Celtic want me, I could sign for them and then down the line I could be away. So it might work out in our favour, but we need to be careful because that's going to be... Roberts could potentially go back. You're thinking, just mentioned Armstrong leaving. Dembele could leave. Rogic is out of contract the following summer. So is Boyata. We can't afford to be letting... They might not all be playing well, but we can't afford to be letting six first-team players go. I'm going to let you pick my lottery numbers, Melly, because the next question is from a user <laughs> called The Top Tims, and he goes, Boyata, Armstrong, Dembele and Rodrik. <laughs> <laughs> Killed his point now. <laughs> Will any of them be around by the start of next season, Stephen? I hope so. Not Boyata and Armstrong. I'm not too fussed on them, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Dembele, I hope so, but two seasons is probably a lot with him. This is, I think there's a crucial one. You might be able to answer this, Melly. The World Cups this year? Yes. Does that, I think that ends and there's still like a month of the transfer window left? Yeah, the English transfer window ends at the start of August instead of the end of August, so there'll be that. But five, what was that, five players there? Yeah, four, but we can include Paddy Roberts now. Yeah, well, Toxic. none of them are on form. I wouldn't mm-hmm. see many teams, well, there'll be teams interested, but would it be teams that they'd think is a bigger step up than Celtic? I think three out of the four there are probably hoping to go to the World Cup. Did Australia make the World Cup this year? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what he'll be hoping to get to the World Cup. Have a good World Cup and, and get a move off the back of it. Can I just say that after Bogata's last couple of performances, there's a lot of people hoping that he has a really good World Cup and Celtic get a massive fee for him to move on. He's not going to play in the World Cup. Have you seen Belgium's team? No, he's not. He's not <laughs> sure as not. He might go, but he's not going to get nah, it. He's, he's, not going to, he's not going to play. But uh, Stevie Ray, Celtic rock and rolls. Um, will Sinclair be at Celtic next season? Loss of form and off-field abuse. He looks like a guy who'd rather be elsewhere. I mean, he's getting... Scott Sinclair is getting a lot of attention up here. The likes of which I've not seen anyone get since... Since maybe Neil Lennon, and that was because Neil Lennon was combative. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know why Scott Sinclair is getting as much negative attention as he is. I, I can only speculate. I'm not going to do that. But you know, people say it doesn't affect the guy, but the guy can't even get a plane on a plane now mm, without getting yeah. two people arrested for abusing him. So I, I, I don't think Scott Sinclair's having the best time in Glasgow at the moment. Will he be here next season? For me, yes. Yeah, I think he will. After last season, we've seen what he's capable of. If he can get back to close to that, we'll have a great player on our hands. As I said, out of form, along with a lot of players. So just need to get that one game for it all to click for him. And then it should be fine. But again, I don't see where he he goes from here. No, I so don't. So I'd like to keep him, but I think he'll be thinking, well, where, where do I go? Well, he's not going to go to a, a glamorous club from, from Celtic. That's out of the question. So he's realistically going to find himself back in the kind of the kind of structure, the kind of system that he struggled so badly at with Aston Villa. He's, he's not going to go to Arsenal or Liverpool or something like that. He's going to be a West Brom or something, unfortunately. So I think it, I think he should be careful about his next move and the, I think this is still the best place for him. I, honestly, I think it's the best place for him. I, I want to see nothing. I, I mean, we all want Celtic to do well. We all want Celtic players to do well. I want, a, I want a, to see a Scott Sinclair recovery. On the abuse, I mean, it's a real throwback, this stuff, isn't it? I, I mean, I, mean I, I said I wasn't going to say it, but I'm just going to say it. I, I think it's because, I think it's racism. Well, that's that's I evident. Mean, I mean, I, there, there's been a lot of that. Aye, there was. It was yeah. It's blatant. And mm-hmm. I'd done a thread on Twitter all day and last week. Just, I just, when, when that plane thing happened, I, it triggered my memory. I'm like, there's been quite a lot of this. Yeah. And I googled Scott Sinclair abuse, and it's just news story after news. I think there was about eight or nine occasions in the last year and a half where the guy's been abused either racially or otherwise. Celtic players and Rangers players being abused in the street is nothing new, but it's a long time since we've had this, this overt racism involved yeah. in it. It's, it's very, very alarming to be in this day and age. And this is me maybe being a bit alarmist, but I just wish, I just wish the league would do something. Why is it? Why is when something like this happens, it's up to the individual club to come out and stand against it? Hmm. We should, everybody should come out and say, "Listen, we're not having this in yeah. the game." Um, anyway, we move on. All the talk of Celtic not playing up to last season's standard, why so little discussion of how much better the league is? Clark, Levine, Lenny, Robinson, Wright, they're all decent to really good managers. The league is miles better than last season, so this makes Celtic look worse. That was from Duco James. That is a decent point. It is, yeah. 
And it's something it's something we have talked about in the past because we acknowledged all these managers coming in, especially Clark and Robinson, who have all done really good jobs. And we did say that this we should really come around to the realisation that it is going to get harder. It's going to get harder to break these teams down because all these managers know what they're doing. At the time, I think we spoke about this, it was when Clark and Owen Coyle came in. Owen yeah. Coyle didn't work out, but Clark has, I mean, gone from... Yes, exactly. Black magic he's yeah. performing over there. But... It is, it is getting more difficult. I mean, that's that's evident by the fact that Celtic aren't scoring as many goals as they were. They're not getting as many wins as last season. I know it's a, I know it's a problematic um, comparison yeah. to last season, but it's it's in black and white. It's not as good as last season, and it, I think that is a huge factor. Many teams have improved. Hibs coming up as well, but it's still a lot of games to drop points yes, in. It is. A considerable lot. I mean, the game against Motherwell you could write it off as one of the games where it just didn't happen but it's happened far too often recently and it's we thought we'd get to January have the break now we'll get to the international break have a break well just it's March it's nearly April the league is almost over yeah and on on the fact that these teams are getting better with better managers, that Celtic have still got the best one and the best players, the best yeah. resources by by a country mile. This is why Brendan Rodgers is here. It's to find ways around this. I mean, you, okay, Levine. I don't think Levine's doing as good as he should be with Hearts. He was for a time, but yeah. it's, it's fallen off again. Um, Robinson, Stephen Robinson's doing okay at Motherwell. Why? I'd agree with that. Tommy Wright. I'm just going through what uh, Juco James has mentioned here. Tommy Wright. I mean, this season's on the downslide. That was a fantastic result for them against us. Steve Clark. This is this shouldn't be on a Celtic podcast, but that man is manager of the year. Yeah, it, re- it remains to be seen whether Brendan Rodgers delivers a, a second treble. Well, yeah, that will really, really, which is it. yeah, which is looking likely. I don't want to jinx it, but it looks it looks it's all in Celtic's favour to do that. But I sat here at this time, probably last season, and said that if you even if you strip away titles, you look at what the manager has done with the resources at hand. And with that, I still thought that Rodgers had done the best because yeah. I look at guys like James Forrest and Scott Brown and you know Callum McGregor, all these players, I looked at what he'd done with these players and still came to the conclusion that Brendan Rodgers had done the best with what he had at his hands. But Steve Clark, I mean, yes, they're, they're fifth, I think, just now. They're guaranteed top six, but those players... Malumbu aside, those players should be 11th. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible team. Anyway, we'll leave, we'll leave Kamarnock and Chris Boyd and my, my appreciation and fandom for Steve Clark. Um, Aidan asks, that's underscore AM63, who's worse out of Boyata and Ambrose? After watching the 3-2 highlights again, I can't help but feel Boyata is just as bad on the ball. Okay, so I uh, last week my position on Boyata was, listen, the guys had a nightmare, I'm not going to pile on. But lo and behold, we've had many people going, Flynn, where's the pylon? You can't let Boyata get away with it. Can I just say, that performance by Boyata was so abjectly poor <laughs> that there's not much I could add to it. Water is wet, the sky is blue, Boyata is shit. Um, mm. and, and he was particularly shit in that game. Is he as bad as Effie Ambrose? Not in your nelly. He was, he was terrible against Motherwell as well. Yes. I mean, he and Scott Bain had a really good first half. A good game, actually, against Motherwell, but particularly in the first half. It was like, you know when you watch these sort of Ross Kemp-style documentaries about gangs, and generally the initiation into these gangs is for the new guy to get the shit beaten out of him by all the current members. Yeah. I felt like that's what Boyata was doing to Scott Bain. Like, <laughs> just yeah. let all these shots go in again and see how he gets on. He, he was dreadful in that. His point about Boyata being just as bad on the ball. He's worse on the ball than Effie Ambrose. Effie Ambrose's problem was never that he was bad on the ball. Yes. It's that he was. It's that his concentration was terrible. What have we said on this podcast since the minute we clapped eyes on Boyata? He's good at everything mm. except when he's got the ball at his feet. Yeah, and, th- and that has always been the case, and it ever will be the case with Boyata. And Ambrose is actually decent with the ball at his feet. It's just these again, just terrible concentration lapses and trying far too much yeah. with the ball at his feet and Melly the thing about Boyata is when he makes a mistake he looks terrified and, and you know devastated about the mistake he's made when Ambrose makes mistakes he turns around that with that what my like smile on his face <laughs> like we all expect it Boyata is the same as me when he makes a mistake he's terrified I'm terrified <laughs> it's going to be really difficult for him to win round the fans again it's going to be Difficult possibly for Jozo to run, win round the fans again because there's just been so many games this season where they haven't done it and it's not just one of them, it's both of them at the same mm. time in that game against Rangers. Like, that game against Rangers, Rangers aren't very good but they let them score two goals. Rangers will probably improve next season and if they improve 
They're going to be closer again and we can't afford guys like that giving away stupid goals every week. That's what follows on with uh, what Billy Cowan asked. He says, we all know that we needed to address the centre-back positions. Why do you think this wasn't addressed properly in January? Especially given anyone we bought this summer won't have time to settle in before the qualifiers. And will Eric get recalled? But just on Eric, um, will Eric get recalled? No, 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 not for me, no. No. Um, why was the centre-back? I just think that, I think we've been particularly neglectful, Melly, this transfer window with the areas we've decided to strengthen and the areas we chose not to. I think we've strengthened in a lot of places we need to, well, we bought players in a lot of places yeah, we needed to, but whether we strengthened or not. Compare just got unlucky with that injury when he was in Dubai, so he missed three weeks, over three weeks, and then he's not been able to come back properly. Jack Hendry, that was the number one target, get him in the 1st of January, same as Compare, get him in Dubai, and he'd have settled into the team by now, we could be playing him in the Scottish Cup as well. Craig Gordon's injury, I wanted a keeper in in January, but looks like they were going to go with Gordon, it looks like it was Bain, but both full-back positions were now counting the costs of not mm. improving there, because Lustig doesn't look great now, and there's nowhere else, nobody else to play and we've let Ralston go as well and on the other side Tierney's bound to pick up injuries now because he's the only left back we have Calvin Miller he'd have played yesterday if he, mm. Brendan yeah. thought he was good enough I don't I don't think it's anything new I feel like we go into every single transfer window yeah. thinking we desperately need a centre half I, don't, I mean I don't know how Celtic managed to go in and out of every transfer window regardless of players coming in or not because we always do sign a centre half in every yeah. window but at the end of every one we I'd, believe we feel like we need another one I can sort of give Brendan Rodgers a pass for summer I've said this in the podcast before and as much as you've just got a team who won everything and didn't lose a yeah, game yeah, right. you're not really looking at that team going I need to invest heavily here but by the time well, as we see January rolled round and that again it might have just been unfortunate January rolls round no one really does a lot of business in January so that wasn't the thing to buy so maybe he just had too much faith in, he, in his players and that's why he's, he's not addressed it Compa for me is a weird one is he fit Melly? Is he not fit? You know, he should be now. He should. For me, he should have started against Motherwell. What, what better game to play the guy? He probably should have started against Motherwell. Um, but like you say, we've bought, but we've not particularly strengthened. And that sort of follows, you know, transfer windows. Aidan Ritchie's asked, how much of a squad overhaul can you see happening next season? Personally, I wouldn't be surprised to see five or six new faces. Hard to say, but again, much like the transfer windows of the past, we always go in saying we need three or four pieces of quality in key positions. We never generally get it five or six that may be forced because as we've already talked about tonight we're going to have a lot of players probably leaving or coming to the end of their loans or coming to the end of their their contracts or whatever so there may be an overhaul of you know a lot of significance this summer so well and good saying an overhaul but we're back in playing start of july so there's players going to be still at the world cup we're going to have players coming back training others still at world cup how do players, players, like you're right, players can't move to us or from us if they're playing in the World Cup. We can't get in touch with agents. A player who's playing in the World Cup will presumably want to play the whole tournament in case he gets a bigger move. I think, I think, mainly we're going to struggle this summer. I've, that's why I wanted January to be, I thought it was really important that we get the players in. You wanted the football manager January. I did. <laughs> you wanted five out of five in. But in saying that, we did address the positions, but maybe just didn't get the quality in we wanted. But there's still glaring, glaring places that need to fill yeah. in that team. On the World Cup, I mean, we're not going to be signing MD for Argentina or Germany, lads. No, how, how far are Panama no, likely to go? Compa yeah. from Germany, so. Oh, he's not going. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Uh, Chappers asks, or really tells us, it's more of an order, he's barking orders at us here. He says, Bain <laughs> looks more assured than Gordon. Better with the ball at his feet, too. Thanks, Chappers. But do you agree with him? Oh, yeah. I don't know about Gordon. He's, he's certainly better than De Vries. I mean, he's better than De Vries. I mean, Gordon, Gordon's a good keeper for Celtic. I don't, Terrific shot stopper. Yeah, he is. And I don't want to get carried away with Bain much. Same as Masonda. I don't want the, the fact that he's not in the team just now to be the Holy Grail. I don't yeah. want him to be the fix-all because he's not playing. And it's the same with Bain. He's played two games and played very well in both of them. Let's let's not get carried away. Um, Gordon's, Gordon's still a good keeper for Celtic. He's 100% better than De Vries though De Vries has proven himself time and again to not be the answer So Yeah I'm happy enough with Bain right now He's, as I said, we've not been letting in a lot of goals And when we do, they're stupid goals that aren't his fault So, happy with Bain I think he'll be in until Gordon comes mm. back And then, just depending well, on how his well injury that, is Well that, that's a point Do you think uh, Bain's now 
not first pick because that'll probably always be Gordon. But you think the jersey's his until Gordon makes a, a decent play for it, until or until Bain messes up? Yeah, absolutely. And I know Bain's only here as it stands temporarily, but there's every reason to believe that he could he could stake a claim to be the future number mm. one for Celtic because Craig Gordon and aforementioned Doris De Vries, neither of them are getting any younger. They're both in their mid thirties now. I think De Vries is even slightly older than that. Scott Bain's on the up in his career. I'd, if I was him, I'd had one eye on the. Do you think Celtic will keep him, Melly? Possibly. As Stephen said, he looks better than De Vries. Not going to be cost a lot of money. He's free in the summer, so why not? Liam Tate asks, I was just wondering, will there ever be a boy who can swim faster than a shark? <laughs> <laughs> Liam has obviously picked up on our love for the office yeah. there. Three points to TMT from DKS Glenn. The criticism of Sinclair yesterday is harsh. A lot of Sinclair questions. Um, it was a terrific defensive tackle. That boy, uh, Tate, who put that tackle mm-hmm. in, he was a machine yesterday. He, he was absolutely terrific. However, I think we all agree Scott Sinclair still should have scored. It was the extra touch. We covered it yeah. a wee bit earlier on. It was the extra touch that let the defender in. But all credit to the defender, to be honest, because was, it was an excellent block. Um, Scott Bain, new number two. It's quite good how these questions are following each other. Yeah. We're just reading them off as they got tweeted to us. Is it the new number two? Well, kind of. Well, number one for now, no, but at least number two after that, yeah. Uh, number three, does Jamie now... Oh, very good. Does Jamie <laughs> now admit Ayer is a player? Yes. Oh. Yes, I do. Okay, I'm, I'm I do. Down. I, I, I like... I'll I tell you what. I'm impressed with the enthusiasm that Ayer has thrown himself into his new role. Uh, he is he's given everything to this role. He's not half-assing it. He's putting full effort in. I like now that he's cut out this running into midfield. That's not his job. He's a defender and he releases the ball quickly. I think that's much better. And with every passing week, Ayer is getting better as a defender. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. However, <laughs> let it just be known that I did say before he started playing every week that I didn't rate him so he's gotten better and better to match my expectations so See, I'm right. in, in your defence I know this has caught on quite a bit now your your reaction to Ayer but a lot of it was fueled by that quite preposterous poll we ran that people said he was the best defender yeah. of the club now he might well be now to be honest the position we're in now he is the best yes. centre defender of the club on form but those people didn't know that no, they did this, not know that this was when he was out of the team and it was just it was just a reaction to the I mean that was after Hearts that game I believe yeah. the 4-0 game so I mean in fairness people have been telling us people have been saying that Ayer is the best defender at the club long before he was the best defender <laughs> at the club okay so listen don't all of a sudden turn on me because the, the, he's managed to match you guys wild expectations okay I was right <laughs> I'm now wrong I've corrected myself <laughs> um, Grant asks is the lack of pressure affecting our form in the league last year was about setting records and that was the motivation that's gone this year it's a, it's a good point and it's something that I said to you guys in the group chat I am getting sick and tired frankly of this Celtic team melee picking and choosing when they want to perform don't fancy it this week at home against St Johnson fancy it against Rangers don't fancy it in the league against Motherwell fancy it in the cup don't fancy it in this week fancy it that week that's not what being at Celtic is all about it's not and as we spoke about earlier as well that's going to catch up at you at some point absolutely you can't, you can't keep doing this there's many reasons this season why it's not been as good right now a lack of fullbacks, just a lack of players on form but that's us now after this international break we need to hit form. We're not winning three, four games in a row anymore. That's unacceptable. That has to stop. I try to be reasonable about these things and not just wheel out you know, platitudes about how no, the, the game should be you know, motivation enough. You should be in there every single game fighting your... You know, I, I try to be a bit more reasonable and think about, well, it's kind of... It's like human nature to be more up for the more... Yeah. the more prestigious and yeah. higher pressure game but at the same time you can't let that become a pattern you can't let all the smaller games just become become a sort of routine draw or scrape a win that, that, that's unacceptable after a time but plus that's what makes the difference between a Hibs Hearts manager and team and a Celtic team mm. the Celtic team the better team raises their game every week they want to win every single game they don't just turn up when they want to the pressure of being at Celtic and the pressure of the levels you set yourself should be enough. Not the competition, not what other people are doing. Yeah. You know, Celtic should set their own standard and not fall below it. And I think I think they are. 
Fallen below. And there is still a treble to be won at the end of the day. There's a, a historic double treble to mm. be won. That should be motivation. That's six. Quick maths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Barkley. Oh, sorry. Kieran Hamill asks, if we had a full squad with no injuries, what would your starting 11 be right now? Let, let me just run through mine very quickly. No injuries. I would have Gordon. Mm-hmm. I would have Tierney. I would have Lustig. I would have... Ugh, you know what? Boyata. I'm just going to go with him. Right? I'm just going to go with... Because... Aye, no, I'm not, you're not peer pressure. I'm going to have, in beside him, I'm going to have Chris Fryer and Scott Brown in midfield, <laughs> um, and Cham, Paddy. Can I have Paddy and James Forrest in the same team? Yeah, I don't see why not. Logic. Yeah. How many players have I picked? One more. One more than Bailey. I mean, it's hardly inspiring, but that's just the way they're playing, isn't it? I would have compared in for Boyata, same midfield, Brown, Rogic Armstrong, Roberts, and. Sinclair out wide and Dembele up top. Do you know why I picked Boyata and I, I want to clarify? I think there's not much, as you said, Melly, between Boyata and Jozo at the moment and I've not seen enough of Compare you know, Henry. You know what you're going to get from Boyata? We don't know what we're going to get from mm. Compare. Oh, well, that's it, so you're taking the mystery, mate. Even, I'd probably have Jack Hendry in there I did think well. about that. I've, again, just not seen enough of Jack Hendry. Well, I suppose we could take a different approach to the question and not pick our strongest 11, but rather pick the 11 I want to see. So, I mean, this, sure. is, this is the 11 I would pick. Have, have some fun with the question. Yeah, why not? Have some fun so I would go back three then, because Lustig's not getting near it. Uh, I would have Ayer, Comper and Henry. You're a wild man. <laughs> a well, shit wild man. How much football has two of your back three played this season? Five games between yeah, them? Yeah, probably. But I think this, this is uh, it. No, this okay, you is, know, you're like, have some fun with it. Just don't express, expect me not to prod a little. <laughs> uh, a midfield four of uh, Forrest. Okay. Brown and Cham, Tierney. Okay, okay, okay. Right. And a front three of Roberts, Forrest and Belly. No, you've had Forrest twice in that. Yeah, team, I'm sorry, yeah, sorry, Rogic, that's what I meant. That's right. Rogic, yeah. so no, no King Eddie? No. No Lee Griffiths? No. It was a tough one, I nearly picked Lee Griffiths. Going with your team, Cham's the only new signing in that team. He is. So it's just the same as last season. Mm. That's probably the problem this season. Blame the manager, not me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Michael Barkley asks, what do you think of Andy Walker? I think he's been hit in the head not knowing where he is and someone telling him that he's a hun because <laughs> he sure as hell sounds like one. <laughs> so you think he's sort of woken up from a coma and someone's <laughs> convinced him he's a lifelong Rangers fan? <laughs> Who, was that? Who was that old Partick Thistle manager? John Lambie. John Lambie when the guy get knocked out. He goes, he doesn't know who he is. He goes, we'll wake him up and tell him he's belly and get back on the pitch. <laughs> so, um, listen, I've always... Like, I, I think Andy Walker is a terrible pundit. Hmm. He works for Sky, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I think Andy Walker is indicative of the bare minimum attitude Sky have yeah. to, to to Scottish football. Also can't stand the, the, the double standard that Andy Walker has where he'll quite openly admit to cheating. I dive, I'll yeah. cheat, I cheat, I didn't bother, I cheat, of course I cheated, of course I cheated. And then he'll throw someone else under the bus for, for doing similar. Yeah, he's just out there, hashtag just saying stuff, I to be honest. Just, yeah, just filling air, because he had a go at, I mean, the, the sending off, which we've not spoken about, the, the keeper sending off against Motherwell, uh, he, he said that he's kicked out, but it's not violent. There, there's no such thing as a no. non-violent kick no. it doesn't matter how hard they did it there's no such you can't say it's not violent that, that's the only purpose of a yeah. kick he's just annoying isn't he he is he yeah. is just one of those guys it's annoying but it's the same like, there's not many seems to be a lot of ex-Celtic players that go in at the pundit and don't annoy you but is there so well, it's, it's, I mean, is it because they criticise the club that we can't handle that I mean that's their job at the end of the day well aye because I mean first of all Andy Walker I don't take anyone seriously he still wears those suits with the shoulder pads <laughs> and the wet look gel and the hair <laughs> doesn't he that's, yeah. but what, what you've touched on something there Melly, and what I find is see any ex-pundit that was a Celtic player right who, who's a pundit they're very quickly, very quick to criticise Celtic. You don't really get the same from ex-Rangers pundits. They don't really criticise Rangers that much. Because they've got EBT'd out their tits. In their- <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they've got a lot to be thankful for. Unless, of course, you're Joey Barton, mm. who, who, you know, he's a shock jock now. Mm. He just says things. He's, he's on Alan Brazil. Hard-hitting stuff. Ah, he's Alan Brazil's wee puppet. It's a uh, shame with Andy Walker because, see, much like Craig Burley, he did have... A huge contribution in a key season in Celtic's yeah. history for Craig Burley. See the uh, stop in the ten season rather for Andy Walker. He he played his part in the centenary season. So I do, I don't like it when these players have their reputations soured forever. But unfortunately, it's their own fault. Aye, I think Andy Walker started down a path where this is how you got ahead. You have to be. You can't. 
I think what well, on giving him the benefit of the doubt, I think he started from a place where he wanted to do his job to the best of his ability and not be seen to be a Celtic cheerleader and mm. went too far the way and now he's forgotten how to not be a dick. <laughs> and I think that's what's happened. Um, Kieran Walnut. Maybe we should cash in on players after they have a good season. Armstrong, Sinkel, Dembele will all be worth much less than last season. Being player of the year at Celtic seems to be the next season is awful. E.g. Sinkel, Johansson, Mulgrew, Izagiri. Uh, we sort of touched on that earlier. You know, I don't really think that how well they do on one particular season or half season really affects their value that much. It, it's a hard thing to operate as well because it's it's like the the stock market. It's like having shares in something. Yeah. You don't. I mean, if they're at the peak of their their powers with Celtic, you don't want to sell them because you know they could get better. But at the same time, as if they're on the way down, you think well they might come back. So I wouldn't I wouldn't like to be in charge of that policy deciding who's who's at the peak of their value after yeah. one season. It's it's very hard to tell. There's another thing to that, and do we sell players when they're at their best? Well, no, not for me hmm. because why should we? as a team, not put up with, but why should we as a team have these players where they're not performing well, Melly, the minute they do well, we sell them. No, the, the reason you have these players in your team is so they do well for you. Exactly, and we've been in this situation before. Remember the summer, Hooper, Foster, Kelvin Wilson, Wanyama, all went that summer. What are you left with? Mm. An absolute shell of a team that couldn't qualify for the Champions League and didn't for the next couple of years and cost cost the club millions of pounds. Um, something that sort of brought a lot of frustration, um, the way Celtic play, you know, this selfishly keeping the ball a lot of sideways and backways passes. Gary Clark is asking, is Brendan Rodgers directing the players to retain possession at all costs? And are players afraid to try a less safe ball forward for fear of losing it? Melly, this is something we've discussed is. Uh, in recent weeks. Lack of creativity, maybe a lack of bravery on the ball. A lot of sideways passes at the back. There is, and the easy thing to do is to give it to the centre-halves and let them recycle the ball. But other players need to be brave, and again, I think it just comes back to the same problem we've spoke about time and time again. There's so little players high on confidence. There's so little good runs in the team where we've just been beating teams and then going into every game thinking we'll win that they're probably second-guessing themselves. They're probably thinking about everything instead of just doing it naturally. When you're high in confidence, you play that pass that doesn't work out, the team's winning. It's a different reaction from when the team's not winning at that point and it's a bad pass. The crowd's reaction is different. Other players' reaction's different. I'm not sure, Stephen, if it's confidence in as much as... I don't think it's low confidence and maybe it's just overconfidence. Maybe it's an overconfidence for thinking, well, look, there's no rush. Sunday will score. We'll get a chance. We'll score. We win these games. This happens. We don't lose. Well, it feeds into what we were talking about earlier about how the league is getting harder, harder to play against a lot of opposition. So a lot of teams are happy to let Celtic have the amount of possession that they do. They're allowed to. They're allowing Boyata to have loads of the ball. They're allowing Ayer to to pass back and forward between him and Lustig constantly. So. There's something else needed. I don't think it's a, a, a lack of confidence or overconfidence or anything like that. There's, just, there's something, there's an ingredient missing somewhere between that defence and the midfield and the fort. There's, there's just something not quite You clicking. know that ingredient I think might be? Tom Rogic. Mm. He's lo- he looked terrific again against Malaga. He did, yeah. He looked absolutely terrific. Um, Gavin Butcher doesn't think that we're as bad as people are making out. Uh, one question, this is a good one. As of the team. Oh, well, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't think this podcast is as bad as people are making out. Um... If this season was Brendan Rodgers' first season and last season didn't happen, would you be happy with the way we performed this season? Gavin said he would be. Great question. It is good. And let's, in the interest of doing this properly, let's think about what that means then. That means there were no 5-1 games against Rangers. Mm-hmm. There were no performances against Man City to get mm-hmm. excited about. There's no no treble. So this is this is the start. This is the first season under Brendan yes. Rodgers. He's picked up straight from Ronnie Dyla's second season. Okay. No, because no, I would be happy. I'd be happy with Celtic top of the league with a trophy in the bag. But would it would it be enough having spent the money on players and spent the money on Brendan Rodgers to have dropped no. to have dropped almost the same number of points at home as Dyla and Mowbray did? Yeah, would still be happy about being top of the league. But serious concerns would be raised about that if this was Rodgers. I know it's only hypothetical, yeah. but if this was the first one, there'd be a lot of people complaining. I think if this was Rodgers' first season, my expectation and faith wouldn't have been repaid because mm. we got rid of Ronnie Dyla and people were 
saying, you know, thank God for that. We need to be playing better. We're winning the league, but that's because nobody's challenging, blah, blah, blah. You know, if Brendan Rodgers wins the remaining games this season, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he'll end up in the same points as Ronnie Dyla did in his second season. So it's it's not a great it's not a great increase mm-hmm. for the for the outlay, for the fanfare, for everybody that would be buying season tickets and returning to the game. I don't think if this was Brendan Rodgers' first season, it would be enough of a lift. That being said, I would have more faith in Brendan Rodgers, Melly, building a team. I'd be saying, cool, we won the league, we potentially won the treble or whatever. Next season we're going to kick on. I'd have more faith in improvement under Brendan Rodgers than I would under Ronnie Dial. Yeah, 100% agree with that. It hasn't hasn't been great this season. Loads of factors, as we've spoke about. But that is because we know what he can do. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to compare it to last season, but it's impossible when the same player's done yeah. it. If it was just a one-off season, he'd be satisfied. But as Stephen said, for what Rodgers is bringing, we'd be expecting better football. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like Dyler right now. Like We're not on a bad run, but we're beating teams because we've got better players, not necessarily because we're playing better football. The other side of the coin here is that, again, hypothetically, if, if that season hadn't happened and Ronnie Dyla's team had run straight into this one, there would be a lot of benefit of the doubt being given to Rodgers as well. There would be a, yeah. lot, a lot of allowances made for the fact that it's essentially Dyla's team. The, the, the reason Rodgers is high, held in such high regard right now is because they took that team and took a winning team, it has to be said. It wasn't a dud team, it was a winning team, but performed miracles with it, the likes of which we've just given Steve Clark credit for. Yeah, it's the, I mean, it's it's not just it's not just Brendan Rodgers, it's everybody. We're looking at Scott Sinclair going, we know what you're capable of, what happened. We're looking at Brendan Rodgers going, we know what you're capable of, what happened. We're looking at Boyata yeah. and Jozo, and we're looking at everybody going, come on guys, just a wee bit extra. But nobody's saying this season's been terrible or rotten, and as you say, they might win the double treble. That's six, quick maths. But we don't know exactly where where this malaise has come from. Um, T. McGlad, the notorious TMG, just says Musonda. Good. Yep. Um, but I'll tell you what, there's a question to be asked about Musonda, because again, came in, Melly, I thought he was a bright spark. He didn't do an awful lot, but you know, he was he was getting a feel for the game, and he was a bit of a bright spark. He'd done really well against Zenit, and then nowhere. Yeah, it's just not clicked for him. Again, with everybody, but I keep repeating myself here, but there's nobody playing well, so to chuck a, a young guy in into a team that's not playing well, it's not really fair. So, but but he, I think he was doing well when he came on, and I don't know why he's been dropped. Any of you guys have an opinion? Well, on, on several other things we've spoken about tonight, like Sinclair and all that, when was the last time anyone other than Musonda came on off the bench and had the level of impact that he did against Zenit? Sinclair hasn't certainly hasn't done that. Um, so I don't know why he hasn't he's barely played since then he certainly no. hasn't started or, or played or featured at all really uh, Thomas Quinn asked when do we think Musonda will get more game time don't know now that Paddy's back and Rogic is back I'm not sure I said last week I thought it would be now would be the time because we've got several as I put it last week winnable quote unquote yeah. winnable games the first of which we haven't won but um Several games against bottom six teams, I would have thought now would be the time to get Listen, these guys in. Let, let me tell you something. See if Celtic carry on the way they're playing right now with this picking up and deciding when they play and deciding when they won't play. They'll get caught. They'll get caught out. They'll get caught out in a game this season. And they better hope it's not the semi final against Rangers. I don't think it will be. They better hope it's not the cup final against Aberdeen or Motherwell potentially. Yes. Um, I just think if they carry on the way they're going, they will they'll get they'll get caught. Once again, disclaimer, this is the listener's fault that this is negative. Yeah, oh it's the listener's fault. Don't blame us. Dropped uh, in a wee, a wee disclaimer there. Uh, <laughs> um Chris Wilson, does anyone know what formation we actually play? At no point in the season did we seem to play the same formation that worked so well last season. Is that down to the players or the manager? Also, has anyone found out <laughs> hey, what's the goalie doing? Pop <laughs> <laughs> out there. Thought I might come up. Well, there's been a few formations mainly played this season, few various tactics, lineups. I just do you think it's strange but this time we've not settled on one uh, I think last season Rodgers came in because of the qualifiers didn't really have time to do anything so kept, basically kept the same sort of 4-2-3-1 and went from there this season they said they wanted to be more tactically flexible but again with the injuries the lack of fullbacks the lack of fullback cover we've had to go a back three a lot of the time and it's just some days at Aberdeen game away from home was brilliant. That was a back three, but then there's other games it just doesn't work out. 
I'd like to see us now, if Lustig's back after the international break, put him back in, see how he goes and go back to the 4-2-3-1. We've got all the players back, we need to play it and it's a bit of familiarity. I'm, do you know what, I'm all for tactical flexibility. I don't, anyone who listens regularly will have heard me say recently, I don't I don't care about a settled lineup. I just want players who can do the job on the day and it's yeah. the same with formations. You know, we changed completely for the home leg against Zenit and they got a great result there and it didn't work out away from home. So, I, I I want tactical flexibility and I want different players and different not different players in different positions but different players able to come in and provide a different job to the guy who, who replaced horses for courses yes indeed people say that a lot doesn't he rhyme no <laughs> people think it rhymes doesn't he rhyme Keza Sharma the Shermanator number oh. 7 at Twitter writes should we question the signing of Marvin Comper yes he did pick up an injury but to still not be fit or ready to play at this stage is questionable no use playing him in the last few games of the league has won you sort of touched on it Melee, but it's an interesting point by the time Marvin Comper comes to actually play some football it'll be a ripe old age he will it's the same with Masonda. is it going to get to the point where it's pretty much meaningless games he's playing probably won't be but I think it's just a bit of bad luck. It just seems to be having had a lot of luck this season. And as I've said before, the season's just slowly drifting away from yeah. us. I mean, our next game's the 31st of March, I think it is. Then we're in April and then it's business time in it. So <laughs> it's going to be difficult to just drop these guys in here and there. I, I mean, Melly makes a good point, Steve. You know, the season is getting away from us. We're reaching as the, the season gets on. We might wrap up the league, but business time... Uh, do you think we'll see Comper dropped in? Yeah, I, I would think so. We've, we've already seen a little bit of him. Didn't look great, didn't look particularly bad either. Just look, came in, did okay, and then straight back out of the team again. On the signing itself, yes, it is, it is questionable. I mean, all signings are questionable, and particularly a guy who came in, and as we all know, was ineligible for Europe and is of advanced years yes. to be signing for a new club. Chris Commons questioned it at the time and was roundly shot down for it for, for voicing any sort of questions of it whatsoever. To be fair, he questioned his injury. He said he's injury prone and I don't think any such thing was the case. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know his past injury record, but I do know Hailed that he's... Chris Commons. Yeah, <laughs> I, do, I do know that he's only played three games in about nine months and, and he's been injured for the vast majority of his Celtic career so far. Well, he does and he'll be, what, 33 by the time next yeah. season kicks off. So, do we think we'll see Compord? Yes. Will he play any meaningful part in this season after being at the club for six months? Probably not. Um, after seeing De Vries, do you think Gordon has been underrated by the Celtic support? Plus, do you think we should sign Bain and if so, take Gordon's spot as number one? Well, we've kind of answered the Bain thing, but on the Gordon thing, I I will admit to that. I will admit to not knowing what you've got till it's gone. You know, Craig Gordon frustrated the life at me with somebody he's kicking out, but I would much rather a goalkeeper who could save the ball than kick it out. Yeah, I think he's hugely underrated overall because he has a, a he came in he came in after Foster for nothing when he was essentially a former footballer at that yeah. point. He'd been out for years, you know, plural years at, at the time. And he's he's come in and done a great job. Yes, we do focus on the kicking a wee bit too much to be honest, because when you're talking about goalkeepers it is it's important, but it's a, a secondary, a secondary talent to to keeping the ball out of the net. Which Craig Gordon, which DeVries illustrates perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and on Scott Bain again, the Motherwell game. What impressed me about him is that he gets things behind the ball. I mean, it's it's such a simple thing to say. He gets his body behind the ball and stops things that are hit straight at him. Melly, you said during the, the Zenit away game that DeVries did that. I mean, that second goal, it, it just it arched his back away from the ball, just threw his arms up. Scott Bain's not doing that. He's just getting his body behind and punching what he needs to punch and catching others. Stevie Ray has another question. Where do you rate Joey Barton on a scale of one to gobshite Bobby? <laughs> Joey, Joey Barton's just... Twitter is the best thing that's ever happened to Joey Barton mm. because see if it wasn't for Twitter and a criminal record, nobody <laughs> would know who Joey Barton is. I suppose for anyone who doesn't know, he's been he's been mouthing off about the standard of Scottish football yeah. again this week, um, saying it called it pathetic. I think to be honest, I have a certain amount of sympathy with him over that because he came in to Rangers probably thinking, but probably not doing his homework. He came in thinking, yeah, you know, big club could probably get a chance of winning the league there. You know, it's only two teams in the league. He probably didn't know what had happened to Rangers in the last few years because he's he's not particularly bright. But he came in and was probably appalled by the state of Rangers under Mark Warburton and I believe yeah. that's why he was hounded out was because he basically told Warburton he was a fraud to his face 
However, he didn't exactly cover himself in glory up here. Yes, no. yes, what was happening around him was substandard compared to what he was used to, but so was he. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Joey Barton didn't make a name for himself here. No. And then, is Joey Barton playing football just now? No, he's banned for the betting. Exactly. Joey Barton <laughs> isn't even playing. He's, no. he's a former footballer. Joey Barton has probably spent more time being punished for things. And it, it, another thing that annoyed me mainly was Joey Barton said, you know, none of them in Scotland have done what I've done in my career. But it just means he earns money. Because yeah, he's yeah. never actually done anything with his career. He, he just, he's just accumulated a lot of wealth. But I, 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 I tell you something. When they both started out, Joey Barton would swap places with Scott Brown in a heartbeat for the things that he's done, the trophies he's done, the games he's played, the, the, the medals and trophies that take up Scott Brown's personal trophy cabinet. Joey Barton would trade all of that for, for, for one Champions League run. Probably, I mean, the guy... I think he's just trying to stay relevant right now so people That's remember exactly him. But uh, he didn't perform up here, as Stephen said. So see if you're going to say the standard's not good. You need to have, you need to have performed in it. Look, players have left and said that the standard's not good. That's fine if you performed week in, week out. But if you're like Joey Barton or Chad Uree who leave <laughs> and absolutely power the place, like you've not really got a leg to stand on. Saying that, I do enjoy his podcast. I, I quite enjoy his podcast Stick as well. to that, Joey. Yeah, stick, <laughs> stick to the podcasting, bro. Um, what did the pod think about Ralston going on loan? Strange one. Yeah, it was a strange one. Oh, by the way, that question was by Jamie Boy, not me. <laughs> so, um, the Ralston thing, yeah, he's awaited in the United on an emergency loan, much like I've just said with, with Comper. Why isn't he been given some, some games here? Surely if he's going to get in the team, it's going to be now when we, as we discovered, don't have any fullbacks and we've got several, <laughs> I hate saying the, the word because we failed to win the first one of them, but winnable games against, against lower, not lower division, lower yeah. half of the division. Why hasn't Ralston been given a, a chance here? I just think he needs guaranteed game time and he's going to get that Dundee United. But that, yeah, that's my point though. Why wouldn't he get it here though? Why, why is he not getting a, a shot right back? I don't know back? if he's ready for it yet. He's maybe not up to fitness but it must be a fitness thing Dundee United I think they've got they've got a ridiculous amount of games left because they've had so many postponements so he's basically going to play half a season in the time he's got there he won't get that at Celtic right now and with the bigger games coming up Lustig will get put in anyway so and you know what it's actually probably a good way of alleviating the pressure on Ralston because as we we know we've spoken about several other players in the same boat when, when you're out of the team you become better in the fans eyes no, that, that's been taken out of the equation now. He can't play. He can't yeah. come in and rescue the Celtic team because everyone's looking at Lustig thinking, you're done. It's, it's time for Ralston. I have, I have nothing against young players getting games and I think Melee makes a good point. The games that have done the United got coming up, there's plenty of games for him to play but there probably was a need for him at Celtic. Maybe not. Listen, I, bottom line is I still trust Brendan Rodgers' judgement and all these things yeah. and I don't think it's going to come back to bite in the backside. Um just getting through to the last couple of questions here. Ronan McGee, what players have improved from last season? That's a good question because that's that a is. hot topic last mm. season. That's that's hard to say. Yeah, feel free to jump in if you can think of anyone. Brown, possibly. I say I don't. I don't think Scott Brown's been as good this season as, as last. I think the reason Scott Brown stands out so much this season is that he has been very good. Yes, but the players who were narrowly ahead of him in the Player of the Year running last year, like Sinclair, like Armstrong and guys like that, have fallen off a cliff. You two are missing the obvious one. James A. Forrest. Yeah, well, yes. He is, he's probably, yeah, absolutely, the, he's absolutely, probably yeah. the only one who's, yeah. in, who's improved from last year. Everyone Unquestionably, else. actually, yeah. yeah. Lubo asks, James McLean has a year left on his contract <laughs> and is likely to be relegated at West Brom. How would you rate our chances of getting him? Love the idea, so does Melly, but personally think it's unlikely. No, it's unlikely. It's, oh, it was just a pipe dream. I you wanted it, I wanted it. <laughs> uh, that was me slapping my thigh. <laughs> it doesn't look likely. I, I wonder if West Brom going down will make it more unlikely as he'd be more likely to get a game at that level. I'm not sure he's good enough, but that's not why I wanted to sign him. So it doesn't make much difference. <laughs> if we can get him in, do it. Priceless. For the bants. <laughs> for, for, for the absolute patter. Um, Matthew Haslam. Hate criticism of a team that's not lost a trophy in two seasons. Players have good games, they have bad games. Sometimes average, but over the course of the season, you play what's in front of you, and if you win everything, I'm not sure what else you can do. Let me just address this, because there's a lot of this still about. Mm. You know, No offence to Matthew, there's a lot of this. We're still in three trophies, we're still winning. How I don't support a football team by turning up at the end of the season and seeing how much they've won. Yeah, yeah no, It's, it's week exactly to right. week. Yeah. 
It's how well they play in individual games. It's how well they play in individual halves. You take it all in. You don't just say, oh, great, two trophies. It must be all going swimmingly. And plus, we've got a podcast, so we've got to talk about it every week. Yeah, we, we are we are in a, a, a unique, not unique, but we're in an unfortunate position with that, in that we can't just look at the big picture. We, we take it on a weekly basis. Plus, I don't, I don't want to just, as you said, don't want to just look at the big picture because the big picture, yes, is the most important thing, and, and it's a results business, but. The big picture is made up of lots and lots of individual performances. You can lots and lots of little pictures. Yeah, you have to yeah, you have to take care of the individual performances in order to get these trophies. It's not just a case of right, league's done, league's done, cups won. You, you have to win these games, and obviously not all of them. But we, you're well within your rights to look at a disappointing game and call it a disappointment. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're completely writing off the team or the squad or the manager. Yeah, I mean, as we say, we we have to address every individual game so it makes it more difficult for us but it's getting to the point in the season where there's definitely less than 10 games where we've really performed in that's no very good no and so, it, needs to be, it needs to be addressed like Ronnie Dyla won the league see if mm-hmm. it was that sort of attitude we might as well have just kept Ronnie Dyla because he's well, won the league Stephen's mentioned that before like everybody says MD can win that league we want we want more than that yeah. we want like last season or everybody said last season There'll be a drop-off. That's probably inevitable. But this is a massive, massive drop-off. This is cliffhanger stuff. <laughs> Again, the listener's fault. The Walsh O'Malley. Why are referees so shite? Absolutely <laughs> ruined the game by giving Motherwell a 10-man advantage. <laughs> <laughs> referees are Dung eh, and Huns. So. Well, Melly well, touched on it. They are Dung this season. Yeah, um... Why are they so bad? I don't know. I know why they're... Listen, it's, the, the, the answer is obvious. Scottish football has got to a level now where you can no longer have the game refereed by guys who do it part-time. Hmm, yeah. You know? Do you know who would sort our game out? Mike Dean. Mike Dean? Yeah. Not necessarily... See the flamboyant one yes. that loves... Yes. Not yeah. necessarily the most famous of names, but you will know who Mike Dean is. I'll, I'll tweet out a video of Mike Dean. He, he loves refereeing. I think if you gave him a choice, if he was brilliant at football, he would still choose to be a referee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think... Referees, it just doesn't attract the highest calibre person, right? It attracts we guys that couldn't get a game of football. It attracts Huns and Masons, ex-police officers, same thing. I just think that the game is at a point now where they, they need to get full-time referees. The, 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 way it's, the way it's refereed now with part-timers and fourth officials, and it, it just it doesn't cut it anymore. There's too many camera angles. There's too much slow motion. We can see every mistake these guys make, and they make a lot. It's... It's not as if it's just Celtic complaining about refs. It's every single every manager's man. doing it now. Neil enough. Steve Clark, Derek McKinnon, they're, they're all having pops at referees. Like Stevie Robertson said at the weekend, Craig Thompson, I think, was the ref. He'd sent off five players this season. They've all been Motherwell players. That's ridiculous. Can I just say, imagine that was Celtic. Imagine imagine, imagine a referee had sent off five players, all from Celtic. Imagine the hand-wringing that would imagine be. Imagine Neil Lennon was still manager and <laughs> murder that referee. But Remember I, that time they, they went on strike, the yeah. Scottish referees? Would that be the worst thing in the world? It wasn't, again? because the guys we got in from Malta and Belgium and all that were great. So, well, again, not condoning that, but wink, wink, let's, let's do that again. I don't think they're going to strike until Neil Lennon criticises mm. them. Forest, player of the year. No. Firing through these very quickly. That's family man Patrick Melly. Nope. Think of being contention. Nope. Who has played of the year? Scott Brown. Yes. Boyata's coming up again. Was the negative reaction, this is Mullins asking this, was the negative reaction to Boyata's performance at Ibrox an overreaction by a lot of Celtic fans in the media or should they have been dropped? Melly, you're the manager, what do you do? Yeah, I had to drop him, but at the same time, Jozo was suspended so you could see why he kept his place possibly, but that performance was unacceptable. That is the worst that's Scott Marshall stuff. <laughs> that that was catastrophic. So if he'd lost his place, he could have no argument. Imagine that was his debut. The Imagine last, this was Rogers' oh, first season. The last comparable performance to that against Rangers would. Do you remember Evander Snow played in the game with Rangers? It was before they went out of business. Rangers won three 0 and. Evander Snow conceded a penalty by being skinned off Charlie Adam, <laughs> outpaced by Charlie Adam. Evander Snow was a terrible, terrible yes, footballer. Yes, he was. And that's when you say managers, you know, stubbornness and trust. The, the fact he played so often. Um, and this is the final question from Wolfbag, and it's for you, Melly. Did Melly's underpants shrink when Paddy got on? Yeah. <laughs> they did. I was hung over. I was like, get him on, I need something. <laughs> and, oh, when he hit the bar, I was like, oh, needed something to lift me, but wasn't he be but he'll be back he will be back um, and so will we yeah 
Um, Apologies if we haven't got to anyone's question this week. Um, it is going to be a bit of a bumper episode, um, but you know, we're well over an hour. Yeah, know. and we're we're probably unfortunately going to be off next week because of the international break and, and James, you're out of the country. So take this as your bumper two week. Yeah, two this, week is, this is your birthday. If we didn't get to your question tonight, it's because it was there was a lot of stuff coming in for very similar subjects. We we tried to cover as much of them as as possible. Yes, we tried to pass the morning on to the listeners. <laughs> um, we have reached the any other business portion of the podcast, which I suppose is the point where we make a, a small announcement for anyone that's interested. We have started a Patreon. Um, which, if you don't know, Patreon is a website that allows you to support podcasts and YouTube channels and blogs and various other things. Um, and we've started a Patreon of our own for anyone who would like to support the podcast. And no, that doesn't mean you're going to start paying for this podcast, Stephen. No, no, absolutely not. Key thing to remember is the podcast is going to stay the same. Yeah. It's just we are going to start producing more content, a lot more content, hopefully. Your weekly podcast that you've you've come to love yes. is, isn't going to change that, that we're going to continue with the weekly podcast it's just we're going to start doing more stuff yeah if there's, a, there's a number of options on there if you want to support the podcast go and check it out patreon.com slash 20 minute tims 20 but as Stephen said the, the podcast as we do just now is never going to change it will always be released and all the player interviews and stuff like that that's on the iTunes feed that's going to stay there apparently so go and have a look at the Patreon see if there's anything that suits you um, we're launching on the 1st of April will be our first Patreon members podcast and that is an interview with former Celtic player and under 20s coach Sean Maloney thanks very much for listening Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 